Becoming an agent of change requires preparation and challenging faith-filled steps. More coming up on Bold Steps. There is no change unless you are willing to release something of lesser value to gain something of greater worth. Change only happens when you're willing to release something because you believe that there's something else that's greater for you to grab. Welcome to Bold Steps with Mark Job, President of Moody Bible Institute and Senior Pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. We're continuing our message from last time, talking about how to be an agent of change, taking advantage of the fact that each of us is in a unique and one-of-a-kind position to reach and influence others for God. But how do we get to that place? Well, that's coming up next. If you'd like more information on the broadcast, if you'd like to hear a message again or find out about our resource this month, go to boldstepsradio.org. Now, continuing in Esther chapter 4, here is Mark Job with today's Bold Steps. Write this down. Not only do you need to be awakened to the importance of your position and the place that you're planted in, but you will need to prepare yourself and your circumstances, hear me now, through the power of fasting and prayer. So after Esther realized that she was in a unique position and that God was calling her to do something, she immediately felt overwhelmed by it. Like, I can't do this. I need divine supernatural power. I need help from on high. And so notice her response in verse 15. Then Esther sent this reply to her uncle Mordecai. Go, gather together all the Jews in Susa and what? Fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day, and I and my attendants will what? Will fast as you do. Hey, look at what Esther decided to do. When she was confronted with the fact that God was calling her to be a change agent, and she was overwhelmed with the thought of her having to do something that was difficult, she decided to do the only thing that can really prepare us well. She decided to fast and pray to prepare her to be an agent of change. Now, how did she know about fasting and prayer? Well, she had been raised in the Jewish scriptures. She had been raised in the Old Testament. Her godly uncle Mordecai had taught her the stories of the Old Testament. Now, for many people here, that whole idea of fasting and prayer may be foreign to you because you've never been around it or seen it or grown up around it. But I want you to know that the Bible is full of stories of people that fast and pray. These are the stories that Esther had been exposed to as she was growing up. You say, well, pastor, what exactly is fasting? The best definition of fasting that I've been able to see is this. It's the voluntary abstinence from food or drink for a designated period of time for the purpose of seeking God more intently concerning a specific matter. As Esther was preparing to bring about change and go into this difficult season, I'm sure that what came to her mind were some of the scriptures that she had read about or heard about when she was growing up in the synagogue. 
If you read some of the Old Testament and New Testament, you'll discover that fasting and prayer was typically engaged in for two purposes. Number one, it was spiritual preparation. And number two, it was engaged in for spiritual breakthroughs. For spiritual preparation, let me give you, fasting is a discipline that prepares us for our next season. I, I don't know where you're at right now, but if you're getting ready to get married, I would fast and pray. If you're changing jobs, I would fast and pray. If you're moving to another location, I would fast and pray. If you're about to enter into a season of spiritual renewal because you're leaving the old behind and engaging in the new, I would fast and pray. If you're trying to change in a major way because you've lived a certain way for so many years, but you say, you know, I don't want that way anymore. I'm preparing myself for a new way of living. I would fast and pray. Let me give you a couple examples of fasting and praying in the Old Testament. For example, that has to do with preparation. Nehemiah 1 verse 4, when Nehemiah was about to engage in a major project of rebuilding the walls around Jerusalem that had been torn down for over 75 years, he did what? He fasted and prayed that God would prepare him, and in 52 days, they rebuilt the walls around Jerusalem. In Joel chapter 2, when the people of Israel had fallen away from God and they found themselves in spiritual dryness and they had lost their faith and their fervor and they needed spiritual renewal, they called a corporate season of fasting and prayer to prepare them for a new season of fire and renewal and re-engagement with God. Moses fasted for 40 days in preparation to receive the Ten Commandments in Exodus chapter 34. Daniel fasted for three weeks before he received a vision about what the future would be like in Daniel chapter 10. Elijah fasted for 40 days before he went to the cave and had this incredible encounter with God that would change the course of his ministry. The early church fasted before they launched a new season of church planting in Acts chapter 13, you'll see that. And if that's not enough for you, Jesus, the Son of God, the Son of Man, who having lived a perfect life before his ministry was to go public, he went to the desert and he fasted for 40 days in preparation for his public ministry. And it was during that time of preparation that he was tempted in the wilderness by the enemy. Listen, if Jesus needed to fast and pray, how much you and I need to fast and pray in preparation for our next season of life as well. The other thing that we see in the Old Testament and the New Testament is fasting and praying for a breakthrough that you have not been able to achieve on your own. There are times in our life where we've tried to break an addiction and we can't. Where we've tried to change a habit and we're unable to. Where we've tried to make our marriage go forward and it just doesn't seem to happen. Where we, we've been stuck in an area that we know we we, we don't want to be like that. We want to leave it behind, but it's difficult to overcome. We call that a breakthrough. 
And I see also in the Old Testament, New Testament, people fasting and praying for a breakthrough. For example, uh, you see in Judges chapter 20, verse 25 through 26, there's a major battle that they needed victory for. And so they fasted and prayed before the major battle so that they would have victory. Most people try to eat up before a major battle, but in this case, they fasted and prayed because they knew that the odds were against them, and they won that battle. In Ezra chapter 8, they needed a breakthrough for protection. They were moving a whole group of people back to Jerusalem, and they needed God to protect them because it was super dangerous, and so they fasted and prayed that the protection of God would hover over them as they moved to Jerusalem. In Matthew chapter 17, there's a father with a young son who's troubled, demonically oppressed, that throws himself into the water, throws himself into the fire, and he's told that this kind of breakthrough only comes through the power of fasting and prayer. This is a father who is praying for his troubled son. Listen, there are certain breakthroughs in your life that you've done everything in the natural to try to overcome them. You've put your energy and effort and resources and mind and body into it, and you need divine help. In fact, you need something that your flesh can't give you. You need the power of the living God to intervene in places that you have no power to overcome. listening to Bold Steps with Mark Job, a message titled For Such a Time as This, and we will get to the final half in a moment. Remember, you can always find these lessons online and catch up on anything you've missed by going to our website, boldstepsradio.org. Now, on that website, you'll have a chance to sign up for Mark's weekly email devotional called the Bold Stepper Weekly. And Mark, I love it whenever you tell stories about your dad that uh, you lost many, many years ago to heaven, but uh, I'd love to hear those stories. Yeah, so this uh, week's Bold Stepper Weekly, uh, I talk a little bit about my father. And by the way, if you're wondering what the Bold Stepper Weekly is, it's a weekly email that has a devotional thought, sometimes uh, just a personal story. This week, it happens to be about my father, who passed away 28 years ago, but left a very deep impression in my heart, shaped the way I do ministry, how I love people, how I love God, and I think you would appreciate reading about it. Yeah, it's in the Bold Stepper Weekly. You can read the weekly online at boldstepsradio.org, but why not get it in your email inbox by signing up at boldstepsradio.org. All right, now let's go ahead and join Mark again for the final part of his message titled, for such a time as this. Number three. Not only if you're going to become a change agent, do you need to awaken to the fact that you're a change agent and embrace the fact that there's a circle that you can influence. Not only do you have to be willing to understand and engage in fasting and prayer. But you also will have to be willing to take steps that are challenging, difficult, in a faith-filled way. You see, if you're going to be a change agent, it's not going to be easy. If it were easy, you would have done it already. If it were simple to change yourself, you would have changed. If it were simple to change your environment, you would have changed it already. 
If it were easy, it would have happened. Chances are that you're in a place that you're in because it's difficult to take the next step in your life. Let me tell you this. Listen, there is no change without an element of risk in it. Notice what Esther says in verse 16. She says, and after we have fasted and prayed, when it's done, I will go to the king. And even though it is against the law, and if I perish, I perish. I love that attitude. I'm going to do what's right no matter what the cost. If I die, I die. But at least I'm going to die doing what's right. Well, that's risky. That's difficult. Esther embraced the fact that she was in a position and a, and a place for such a time as this. And she said, okay, I know what I need to do. And I'm going to be willing to take risky steps of obedience, even though it may be difficult for me to embrace these steps. In verse 17, so Mordecai went away and they carried out Esther's instruction. Listen to me well. Listen. There is no change unless you are willing to release something of lesser value to gain something of greater worth. Change only happens when you're willing to release something because you believe that there's something else that's greater for you to grab. Are you hearing me? Esther had to be willing to release her safety and security and comfortable life in order to grasp at saving her people. But she had to release something that was dear to her, her comfort, her well-being, her status, in order to pursue something that's greater. Most of us don't change because we're unwilling to release something that we hold dear that's difficult to let go of in order to grasp something that's greater for us to have. Most of us stay stuck, not because we can't change, but because we don't want to let go of something that gives safety to our life, significance to our life, comfort to our life. And so we're unwilling to let go of something that we're hanging on to, to grasp something that's of greater value. Every addict that I talk to says, well, I want to leave my addiction. But the, the, the pain of leaving that which makes them feel good for a moment is greater overcomes them when they decide, I want to leave that behind and pursue something that's bigger and greater and bigger for myself. And so they stay stuck for year after year, hoping that things will change, but never willing to let go of that which keeps them stuck. Now, I'm talking to someone here today. I know you're saying, ouch, and you're acting like it's not hurting, but I know it is. Because every single person in this auditorium understands the power of trying to release something that we know we need to let go of in order to grasp something that's greater that we need to grasp. Esther had to release something. She had to take a risk. You know, I was told years ago, read this years ago, that some hunters in Africa had a very unique way of hunting monkeys. And what they would do is they would take a coconut, the hard shell of a coconut, and they would make a little hole in the coconut, drain, drain the coconut milk out of there, and they would put nuts and some fruit in there, but the hole was just big enough for a monkey to stick his hand in there and grab them. 
Then they would chain that coconut to a tree so that coconut could not move. And what would happen is that they would they realized that monkeys would come around and they would start sniffing around. They would see the fruit inside the coconut. They would touch it. They would look around wondering what's happened. And then they would be lured into taking, sticking their hand inside of the coconut and grabbing a handful of nuts. But how many of you know when you have a fist, you can't get your hand out of the hole? The monkey was so attached to the nuts so attached to that fruit that was inside that they were unwilling to let go of it. And so they would jump around trying to get their hand out. And the hunters would run out and grab the monkey that all the time that monkey could be set free if they would just release that which was holding them captive. And you say, how dumb can monkeys be? <laughs> uh, seriously. Oh, you know where I'm going with this, though. Well, I know you think a monkey's dumb. But how many of us repeat that behavior over and over in our own lives? There is some habit in your life, some sin in your life, some, something that you know it's bad for you, something that you know is holding you back, a practice that you're practicing, something that you're engaged in, but you keep holding on to it, knowing that you want to let go, and you say, I'm stuck, I'm stuck, and God just says, let go of it. I know I'm stuck, I'm stuck, I want to let go. And you just need to let go so that you can grasp something great greater, but you're unwilling to do it, and so you stay stuck year after year, month after month, decade after decade, and God is calling you to something greater. So Esther decided to fast and pray, and after she fasted and prayed, she had the courage to let go of her security and step into the place of being an agent of change because God had placed her there for such a time as this. And I don't have time to get into all the details of the rest of the story, but let me simply say that as a result of her fasting and prayer, she had the courage to take the steps that she would never have taken on her own. Her fasting and prayer opened doors of unusual favor. For her mission. You know what unusual favor is? It's just like, this is not normal that it goes my way like this. Unusual favor is extraordinary circumstances that move in your direction. God is the orchestrator of all those things. God can manipulate the circumstances in your favor. When he chooses to do so. And if you read the story, you'll discover that. Because of fasting and prayer, her fasting and prayer influenced the decision makers in a supernatural way. Her, her husband, the king, was unable to sleep. You know, sometimes God can cause insomnia. Hello? Hello? It's happened to me at times. I can't sleep. It's because God wants to talk to me. If I'm not going to listen during the day, he'll wake me up at night. I'm just saying. Some of you need to stop watching reruns of I Love Lucy at 3 in the morning, and you need to pull out your Bible and say, God, are you speaking to me here if I can't sleep? 
Her fasting and prayer actually turned the schemes of the enemy on themselves. And I have to tell you part of this part of the story. So Haman actually built some gallows to hang Mordecai on. And after God worked and moved, Haman, the one who wanted to massacre all the relatives of Esther and the Jews, ended up hanging on the gallows that he had built for Mordecai. In other words, the, what, the very tools that he wanted to use against the people of God ended up being used against him. Now, praise God for that, that God can even turn the weapons of the enemy against himself. The enemy can shoot the arrow, and the arrow can be rerouted to go back to them. That's how God works. He works with powerful supernatural ability. As a result of fasting and prayer, it altered the destiny and the well-being of many, many people. So are you ready to fast and pray? You're listening to Bold Steps with Pastor Mark Job. Mark, at the start of every year, we've talked about this. You lead your own church in a time of prayer and fasting. I know it's been important for many years. How have you seen God move as a result? Yeah, Wayne, you know, I have a love-hate relationship with fasting and prayer <laughs> because my flesh really does not like it. It's tough. Yeah, let's be honest. Huh? <laughs> it, yeah, it is a tough practice. However, you see the the whole habit of fasting and prayer. You see it in the Old Testament. You see it in the New Testament. It comes on the heels of people wanting to press in to know God more or see answers to prayer. And so it has been a phenomenal experience for Mm. our church. In fact, we have seen so many breakthroughs, answers to prayer, personal transformations. Exciting. Wow. Yeah. We actually, one year, we had a map and we prayed for five neighborhoods in the city of Chicago that we wanted to see churches planted in. And we didn't have anything at the time. Someone brought me that card later, like three years later, and said, look at this card. We have churches in every single one of those neighborhoods that we prayed for. And that's the kind of things that we've seen. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing that, Mark. Friends, if you miss any part of today's lesson titled For Such a Time as This, we encourage you to visit our website and catch up when you can. Listen online at boldstepsradio.org. Now, the program isn't over yet, so Mark, back to you. Well, I'm here in the studio today with a good friend, Joe Stoll. And uh, some of you are familiar with that name. Joe was a pastor for many years, the president of Moody Bible Institute, also the president of Cornerstone, a speaker, someone that's taught the Word of God for such a long time and so appreciative of uh, Joe and his friendship. He's been encouraging and pastoring people for a long time. And Joe, there are people right now, because of all that's happening in the world, that are very concerned as they start this year out. Mm. Can you speak to someone that maybe is gripped by fear? Yeah, for sure. I think one of our challenges is we tend to think horizontally, everything that's happening around us. And I think the wonderful transition is to begin to think vertically, Mm. where we begin to focus on God. Because guess what? He's stable. He's good. He's faithful, he never changes, and he loves us and cares for us. So when we focus vertically, the horizontal all of a sudden comes into perspective and we have peace instead of fear. And we have quiet in our hearts, 
instead of the chaos that tends to arrive. So when we did Strength for the Journey, our daily devotional, one thing we were hoping is that many people would get vertical with God and begin every day with just a few minutes on it with the devotional, which would then dive them more deeply into the Word of God. I love that. And by the way, uh, Joe's talking about our uh, premium gift this month, and we're trying to get as many people into the Word of God as possible. So Strength for the Journey, short devotionals, one for every day to help you focus vertically instead of horizontally. Thank you, Joe. And by the way, now is really a special time to start digging deeper into the Word of God, isn't it? So don't wait. Reach out today and request this month's Bold Step gift when you give a gift of any amount to support this ministry. Just call us at 844-615-7363. That's 844-615-7363. Or give online and request Strength for the Journey when you go to boldstepsradio.org. Or send your gift in the mail. You can write to us at Bold Steps, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. Now, if you'd like to hear these messages while you're out on the go, perhaps during a workout or running errands, be sure to subscribe to the Bold Steps podcast on your phone or mobile device. Just open up your podcast app, search for Bold Steps with Dr. Mark Job, and click subscribe. And for a shorter, more convenient feature, you'll also want to subscribe to the Bold Steps Minute. This 60-second feature from Mark offers encouragement and biblical insight to help you refuel and reconnect with God no matter how busy your schedule gets. Just search for the Bold Steps Minute on your podcast app and subscribe or visit boldstepsminute.org. I'm Wayne Shepherd. That's our time for today. But next time, we'll continue our Agents of Change series with the message, Do You See It Now? Most people won't make changes in the present without a vision of what could be in the future. We'll get that perspective by revisiting an important lesson learned in Nehemiah, Thursday on Bold Steps with Mark Joe. Bold Steps is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.